All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside, back at it again in the Johnny's Tavern Studios of 119th Street with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good, everybody? Miss Gat on the ones and twos. Our guy, Eddie, is back out there with his family in El Paso, Texas, and visiting them for the holidays. Wish him nothing but the best. So you guys have to hold tight because Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo is on the shelf for one week, but he will be back. I promise you guys that we have a fun-filled show for you guys. I hope you're ready for this because for the second time since our show began, we have a very special guest. Actually, two guests. One's debuting, one's coming back, and I know you're going to love both these ladies. We have Tanisha Mahomes and we have Linda Dorsey from Edge Sports Marketing and Management. Guys, I cannot wait to get their thoughts on everything Chiefs-related, NFL-related, sports-related. But I also want you guys to understand what they're doing and why they're around and what they're all about. I am so excited for you guys to hear this 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 great, passionate company by two driven women that are doing some great things, guys. And I hope you're ready to hear their story. And for all of our live streamers, YouTubers, and podcasters, thank you so much for taking this time to be a part of our night and for us to be a part of your night. And whenever you listen to this, whenever you watch this, thank you so much for doing this with us. But as you'd imagine, like most of you, I don't get out much these days. In fact, this is one of the first nights I've gotten out in a while. But like most of you, whenever I have or have done it in the past, I, I have my favorite spots. You know, you always want to go to your favorite places. I'm obsessed with places like Longboards because they have these incredible wraps. I swear, they're the best wraps you'll ever have in your life. I'm a big fan of sushi, so naturally any sushi spot around, but more than likely, I'm going to end up at Sticks of the Legends. I love Johnny's Tavern. If I want to have some wings, some pizza, some beer, this is the place I'm going to. And then I also have this immovable loyalty to Yard House. I love that place and have since the first time I went there in March of 2012 to politely break up my then-girlfriend. And we all know that once we became acquainted with a particular spot, we begin to figure out what it is we like, we collect our favorite dishes, and it becomes the usual to us. And the servers who by that time know you on a first-name basis. Sure, you might mix it up here and there and order something else off the menu. And sure, you might even like it. But we all know that the usual becomes the usual because nothing quite hits the spot like it does each and every time. Nothing tops the satisfaction the usual brings because to us, the usual is the only true option to go with when it comes down to it. Patrick Mahomes has become the usual for football fans. And I say football fans instead of Chiefs fans because the nation and the world as a whole is now getting a taste of his greatness. Quickly becoming a global icon along with an on-field superstar, Patrick Mahomes is what everyone is demanding to see on the grandest of stages on a weekly basis. But to this point, 
you will always have those that flip the menu and look for other options and try to convince themselves that there's something else that they would that can match or dare I say outdo Patrick the usual Mahomes. I was watching those, dare I say, less than stellar games yesterday while battling comatose from both the turkey and quality of play simultaneously. I should have gotten a trophy for simply keeping my eyes open through that all. Following the first matchup between the Texans and Lions, I began seeing posts regarding Deshaun Watson's last month in some change of football and how incredible he has been playing. And playing well is an understatement. He's been absolutely balling. In these last six games... Watson has thrown for over 1,700 yards, 16 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and is completing almost 71% of his passes. We can strip these numbers by simply considering the fact that during this span, the Texans have not only had nothing to play for, but for the most of the season, or the fact that during this span, has played a grand total of two teams currently in the playoff picture in the Packers and Browns. But for any quarterback to have this type of stretch deserves respect and admiration. And with this streak, of course, came the inevitable suggestion, or as we know, the flipping of the menu, that Watson is just as good, if not better, than the usual Patrick Mahomes. You see, Deshaun Watson is considered an elite quarterback in this league and has been for a while, and these last six games is considered a career-best stretch, and he deserves the praise he receives because of it. But the comparison ends quickly because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes is having a very normal stretch according to anyone watching, yet it's damn near the exact same to Watson's career best stretch when it comes to production. Over his last six games, Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 151 more yards, has the exact same amount of touchdowns, while completing only only less than 1% of his passes fewer than Watson has. And again, this is Watson's best to another solid plus month in the backs of this is this is Watson's best month of his career while this is just another solid month in the book of Mahomes and for the remainder of the season you will hear other good names on the menu like Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers and even the new appetizer Kyler Murray but as we have learned since it was added as a full-time option to the rotation in 2018, there is nothing and no one that is as consistent that can do the job at a higher level and give you more bang for your buck than the usual Patrick Mahomes. So even when I try to order something besides the Cabo Chicken OG style longboards, even when I try to convince myself of something other than the Vegas rolls and sticks or the orange chicken bowl at Yard House, It isn't what I was going to go with for the 15th consecutive time. I find myself relying on what I know will never disappoint, even when the house is packed and everyone is expecting the best. So when it comes to dine-in or carry-out options, when it comes to my quarterbacks, I go with the usual because they stand above the rest when it matters most, ketchup included. Are you guys ready for the night, man? What are you? Are you ready for the night, Trevor? I'm ready, man. I know you're ready for the night, man. I know Gat's ready. I know every one of you guys are ready because we have two incredible guests. We got to get to our ladies, the lovely Tanisha Mahomes and Linda Dorsey from Edge Sports. I cannot wait to get their thoughts on all things Chiefs, all things football, and for them to give you guys their story and tell you what they're about, what they're about to do, and how they're going to take over the world. We'll get back to all of that after this. Mid Coast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands.
a resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the mid-coast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Trevor Twidwell. That's good. Miss Gad on the ones and twos. And we have two very special guests. I'm not going to make them wait any longer. I was so excited when we finally got this thing uh, put together. I've been talking to the ladies now for a couple months now. We've been really trying to figure out the timing. The timing came together this week. No further ado, I want to introduce you guys and reintroduce you to Tanisha Mahomes and introduce you to Linda Dorsey from Edge Sports Marketing and Management. Ladies, how are we doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you today? How are you guys going? How are you guys doing? Everything doing is great. Good. Everything is good. Everything is good. And we are so, I mean, it goes without saying, we are so glad to have you guys, for you to take your night, Friday night. I know that we may not be out going clubbing right now, you know, with the way things are in our world, but you know what? You guys are sacrificing your Friday to come here and talk sports with us at the Spoken Podcast. We could not be more happy uh, to have you guys. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on a few things. Um, so, Before so, you go with that, I want to say this is not a sacrifice. We, we appreciate this. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Everything you've been doing up to up until this point and getting us on the show, we really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Absolutely, 100%. It is our pleasure, ladies. Thank you so much for saying that. So, I mean, let's get let's get right into it. And I want to I want to start with you, Tanisha, and then Linda. I'm going to obviously want to get all your thoughts on all of this. Um, Edge Sports Marketing and Management, guys. I, I really want to hear your thoughts. Uh, how did this all begin? How did this all come about? I know that uh, Tanisha and Linda, you have been friends for a very long time. You guys have obviously been very like-minded individuals, and obviously you have a business sense. You guys knew what you wanted to do, but what created Edge? What gave you the edge per se uh, to get this thing off the ground? And, and where are you guys at currently? So, I, you know, we, we we're all military, um, military, ex-military people. Linda actually retired, but I served eight years in the military, and we met, we met back in '96 or '97. And uh, we've always had a passion for sports. That's something that we've. I mean, over the years, I mean, I played in college. You guys know that already from, from previously. Linda also played basketball. It's been a part of our lives, so we've always enjoyed, um, you know, just just interacting over sports. And we've always had that passion, and we've talked about it for years and years and years about us getting together and trying to do something, um, you know, sports-related. And the time was right. I mean, Linda's retired now. I'm, I'm nearing uh, retirement. And it just felt um, it, it just felt like something that was almost in the cards from from very early on, and um, we we just, we sat down over 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 a few months and we talked about it and we we, we, we started uh, we started charging for it and I mean it, it it was just seamless everything just fell into place and we formed the comp the company and it has just been um, wonderful working with the partners that I have up and up until this point. How about you, Linda? Absolutely. I, I you know, I echo what Tanisha said for years. We've just been talking about sports, talking about it. And um, back, what, two years ago, I believe it was, Tanisha flew into Maryland. And we went to a conference, a Steinberg, Steinberg Conference in D.C. 
And we were like, hell yeah, we're going to be NFL agents. That's what we're going to do. We're going to study. We're going to take the test and all that. And as we spoke, we talked about stuff. And it wasn't really so much that we wanted to be representatives of players as agents. We wanted to represent them with our creative minds, things that we could do for them. You know, we yep. both of us, I think, Tanisha has a better, but we both have a sense of humor. And just the thing, certain things that you can't watch in commercials, what players are doing, good things off the field, there's so much stuff on the field. So we wanted to think there was a way to take that and you could provide that to a player, former player, current player, you know, somebody just coming on, something that we could do, something that we were really passionate about that would still have us engaged in sports. Absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah. Now, when you talk about create, using your creative mind towards players, I'm assuming that your focus is to build a brand for a player. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So you look at the player and you see what their background is. I mean, you've got to know. So there's a lot of things that we learn. You've got to know that player. And then that player has to believe in something. So we're not forcing them to say, I'll just use a, you know, I don't want you to go to Nike just because Nike's like the, you believe in that brand. Do you believe that brand can mesh with your own brand? You're basically you marketing their personality. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. It's, it's all a match on what, you know, and what they want to do. Because there's so many and just studying and reading and learning about some of the things that these guys are doing that aren't at the forefront. That you don't hear about. They just do it because they love to do it. They do it from the heart. I love it. You know, that's, that's what we want to be involved in. Yeah. When it comes to uh, player personalities and it comes to ideas, because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of these players also have their own ideas and they want to bounce them off you for your experience and get your thoughts on them. When it comes to veteran players as opposed to younger players, what are you seeing the differences in? Are you seeing life experiences being the driving force for veteran players or are you seeing that more on the younger side? Like, What are the differences you're seeing between the, the extremes and age of players? I was... I would say for me, it's the, it's more of the similarities, right? So a, a player, a, a young player, their life experiences are going to drive what they do. As they grow older, that's going to shape and change. And if you get an older player who's just getting out there and doing something retired who hasn't really been out there, then it's going to be a combination of what they were when they were younger to where they are now. That's a story that you can tell to help players, even if it's been mistakes that they've made, accomplishments, whatever, maybe a combination of those things and what their brand is. Yeah. And that molds the brand. What do you think? Okay. And for Tanisha, uh, a question I have, you know, we started this podcast back in February of 2019. We were a little bit ahead of, you know, the entire COVID era, if you will. So it wasn't as challenging for us to uh, keep things rolling. But I would imagine, you know, you guys making this thing really what it is now in this era, be able to overcome that. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Trying to start a show now would be very difficult to do because you have to basically balance everything that you never considered to balancing before. Trevor and I were sitting here watching the TV next to us, and they got a wrestling match going on. You got digital fans behind it. I never thought I would see things like this. So I'd imagine the communication between you and players uh, there, there are things that, that really come in the way of that. Now, communication is everything in this business. That's, I mean, that's what we're doing right now. That is the antithesis of what we're doing. But is it, is it? I mean, obviously, you, you both being per- people that have been around folks your entire lives, and I'm assuming have worked in relations with people up close and personal. Is it dif- more difficult for you to be able to discuss things like this over Zoom, or is it, is it uh, not that much different than it would be in person? In your experience. So for, for 
for a lemon eye, we actually have um, a background in technology. That's what our, our, our careers are, are stemmed around. So it's not unusual at all for us to constantly be in conferences, constantly being some sort of meeting, um, <clears throat> uh, CCTV. We're always in meetings. So it's, it's not as unusual for us as it is for most people because a lot of the business that I've done over the last 24, um, 24 years has been based on some sort of technology, um, um, you know, uh, streaming, some, some sort of device that way. So it, to me, I, I feel very comfortable interacting with people, um, helping them get set up, things of that nature. I haven't really had, I don't, I don't believe that we've had some of the challenges that I think to someone who wouldn't be as quite technology savvy as we are to be able to get in and interact with people, get them set up, make them feel comfortable about things, help them with you know, sizzles, help them with things that they would, you know, that they probably wouldn't be able to normally get from other people that aren't quite as technology savvy. It's actually, I think in a way, probably it's probably working out for a benefit for us because of our backgrounds in technology um, that, that we're able to kind of, you know, ease some of the pain of some of the potential clients that we have um, moving forward. Now, Linda, when it comes to a player wanting to hear your pitch and, and, and why they need to go with you guys. Why why Edge Sports is where they need to go. Is it more the brand, the, the, the drive of getting a brand, or is it more about your background? What is it that you focus on in giving these players the reassurance that going with Edge Sports is the way to go? I think it's our backgrounds and the sincerity, the longevity that we've had in things that we do, and the ability for us to stick to what we're going to do. If I tell you something, that's what I'm going to do. You have my word. So I think that's the thing is getting those relationships. So that's the only, that's the biggest challenge. I think when you're doing stuff through technology is where if you could go to a game with a player or after the game, you're sitting down with them, having a meal, talking to them, they see you, you get the body language, you get all that. Because like you say, anybody can, I can get on here, pop up a pitch, give them a bunch of PowerPoint slides and all that, but just to get to know them. So that's the first thing. It's just the introduction. I don't even want to give you a, a full-on pitch, but just the introduction to say, hello, this is who I am, and then you go into a little bit, but you're more learning about them. So you've done your research, and you're letting them know what you know about them, and then being able to meet their families also. So it's the whole thing. So getting the sincerity so they know. Because a lot of them, if you get a lot of young players, you know they're going to have mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandparents, whatever, looking at you, and, and they can, you know, they can feel you out. They know. One of the first lessons that I learned from an agent, um, I'm not going to call any names, one actually that was um, pitching for, obviously, my nephew, was um, once it was all said and done, was that um, he respected what the client's family, whoever that that um, that patriarch was in the family, he respected whatever they requested of them. And those are very important um, characteristics to have because you – when you're when you're asking someone to give you your child and and you're you're asking them to bring uh, to, to to trust your brand and you off that that person needs to feel comfortable that whatever they said whatever you've agreed upon is something that you're going to follow through with and that's one of the first things that um, we learned um, early on I, I know I did and um, our word is our word is exactly what it is we don't we do, we, we do not we do not bend our word what we say is what we mean and what we mean is what we say and I think that that's coming across very clearly through the people that we're working with. If we tell you we're going to do something, you can bank on it. We're doing it. You know, I haven't been it's important I, that... I, I, yeah, I, it's important I, to... 
No, no, no I'm sorry. You know, I, 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 obviously, I know the importance is, I mean, this is, look, I haven't been an athlete in a long time, Tanisha and Linda. Long time. Uh, long time. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to make a pitch that you guys signed me on just because I feel the assurance through this Zoom meeting right now because I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like I need to stretch out real quick and try my, my, my hand at the NBA or something. And maybe I'll get back with you guys and you guys can, you know, hit me up on this because <laughs> what do you got, Gat? What do you got? No, I mean. How's the jump shot? Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything without okay. Eddie being here, but uh, Eddie and Lance have been trying to run a 40 oh, and boy. time it and race each other for the last I need like, to I see that video. Months. Oh, no. we've Everyone's been trying to get it. So if you all can maybe make a pitch, like we can see what Lance's athletic prowess is. I'll yeah. yeah. I'm gonna run like, one day to <laughs> You know, he said you're going to run backwards. Run backwards. Yeah, whoever, whoever wins the race gets a one-day contract with Edge Sports. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The one thing I wanted to add to what Tanisha was saying is that um, I've been coaching now for, oh, gosh, about 20 years. And I've been coaching at this particular high school here, um, Archbishop School, and I coach girls basketball. And I've been coaching for 12 years. So a lot of my girls have gone on graduated a couple of them you know are running their own businesses but they still reach out to me so that tells me a lot about myself yeah. and then i ask them questions you know after all those years you've gone on you played you played in college i had one that played against uconn she played for syracuse you know national tv after every game i was getting a text you know so stuff like that says, you know what i'm doing something right you know, so that's the kind of stuff you those connections with people yeah. because you know that you're honest. Not always what they want to hear, but you're honest. But and it, you can do that it's with what they need to hear. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. The truth. We're about the truth. That's that's powerful. Yeah. I, I'm, I, thank you for thank you for sharing that because I know that I, I can only imagine. Uh, I have a very limited experience when it comes to agents in the agency world. But I would imagine there's a lot of shysters out there. I'd imagine there's a lot of people that are just trying to make a buck off a player. They see that this guy's a cash cow or that she's a cash cow. And they're just trying mm-hmm. to leech, in, leech onto them as much as they can. It's very rare that you find the honesty in, in folks that are in that field. So you guys are absolutely, I would say, without a question, a beacon of light that is very much needed. And I would, I would imagine this is a, a breath of fresh air for a lot of families out there, especially in times like this with so much uncertainty. They, you know, they're letting their children go into this world, into a profession, and, and they don't know how this is all going to turn out for them, and they're worried. If they have people like you two that are guiding them into this world, I mean, I, I don't know how that can't, that couldn't help them sleep better at night. So the, the honesty and the communication goes, and consistency, quite frankly, is, is everything, I would imagine, putting myself in the shoes of a parent or, or an a-, a young athlete looking for guidance, I can only imagine that is everything that you would need as a young person. So now, now going into the sports world of things, uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on some things uh, NFL related, in particular with the Chiefs. Now, Tanisha, you and I had the pleasure of having ourselves a little Turkey Day conversation on the phone. Um, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't get more thoughts from you and Linda as well. On the, on the Chiefs in particular, because you know we are a Kansas City show, and a rumor has it Tanisha's actually related to a Chiefs player. So there's a, it's just a rumor. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just I don't know. You know, let's make news. Yeah, no, no. But, but 
get your guys' thoughts on the season. Obviously, Patrick is playing great football. He's going to win the MVP. I think I, I picked the Chief. I picked him to win the MVP before the season. Trevor did as well. We picked them both to repeat to run it back. The Chiefs are well on their way, and, and Patrick is absolutely leading this team. Uh, and they're they're swift on the offensive side, averaging 32 points per game. The defense has been a little shaky as of late. They're coming into a big matchup in Tampa Bay this week. Uh, Linda, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts uh, overall with the Chiefs so far this season, and how do you see this game shaking out in Tampa? Oh, I love it. I love the way they're playing. Um, and I think, like you said, the, the defense has had challenges, and I think some of that is some of these offenses are playing very well. And um, I'm a big Steve Spagnuolo fan. Um, I grew up a New York Giants fan. So I, I, I follow Steve. I know what he can do. I think the game, I, 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 the Chiefs, I think they're going to pull the game out. Um, it's going to be a close game. Um, when you got Tom Brady, you got to give him the respect, right? So you got, and he's got some weapons. He's got some weapons on those teams. Those guys have to come in focused. I think the hangover or whatever it is from the Raiders game, that's gone. So now it's like onward, let's go onward and upward. So I'm looking at I don't even worry about. Like Patrick, I, I I gotta throw a story in here real quick. For the game the other night, I'm I called Tanisha and I'm like, Tanisha, you watching? She won't watch the game. She turns the yeah. game off. If they're close, she won't watch it. <laughs> and then she tells me, Don't call me, don't text me, I'll find out what happens in the morning. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? When Patrick was, when Patrick, when Patrick, listen to me, when Lil Pat was in, in, in college, when he was in college, I loved to watch him play. I loved it. Even when he got his, his bell rung by Quandre Diggs, I was okay with that. But after the knee injury, that's when I started having issues watching him play. Because the thought of him getting hurt, I love the physicality of football. I love the physical part of football. That's, I'm a, I'm a die, I was a diehard Cowboy fan, raised, born and raised in East Texas. You guys already know that. I love the physical part, except when it comes to hitting my nephew. <laughs> I don't like that at all. So the, pro, the, pro, the problem is, is that it's gotten to the point where the games have become a little less enjoyable for me. At least the ones that I actually sit that I can get through. Because I'm telling you, by, by the time that the games are over, I'm either tipsy beyond recognition or I am, or I am literally curled up in a corner hoping for the bat. Like, it has gotten bad over the over the last year or so. I'm telling you, I'm probably the last person, because every game I watch it on replay. And, and one day I'll have the heart to tell you what happened at the Super Bowl and where I was at. When the, when, when the game ended at the Super Bowl. But, but I kid you not, it is very hard for me to watch him play now. And Linda is basically the person that is giving me the play-by-play when I'm allowing her to. Like, she called me this last game, and I was afraid to answer the phone. Like, I was literally terrified to answer the phone. So, yeah, it's gotten bad for me. I, I you know, I, I, can't watch, I can't watch him. I'm so afraid he's going to get hurt. And he's a tough guy, you know what I mean? So he wants to... He wants to be aggressive, so, you know, I, I, I wish him the best. But, you know, up until, you know, it, when it gets close, I can't handle it anymore. No, I, I, I'm, I'm watching fewer and fewer games every, every, every year.
here. Tanisha, I, I, I completely understand. Uh, I, I will tell you just to, to react to that. Uh, I remember when, when the injury happened in Denver. I thought I thought Patrick's season was over, and therefore the Chiefs' season was over. And then three weeks later, he's back out there and he throws for 446 yards and four touchdowns against the Titans. So, uh, needless to say, I don't know what planet he came from, but it ain't from here. Uh, so I don't know if it's a family thing, if you guys all came here together, or he was dropped here and you guys adopted him. I don't know what happened. But that, that, he got that from me. He got that from me. I have been injured numerous times, and I will get up. I've been injured numerous times. I had that exact same injury he had, and I was up just as fast as he was. So I like to take credit for his ability to uh, rehab quickly. Quickly, That has everything to do with me. I literally, I've, I've had six knee surgeries, knee replacement, the whole nine, and I'm up, and I'm up and trucking pretty quickly. So I, might have to I think he gets that. He gets that for me. I might have to talk to Pat Senior about this one. I don't know if he'll let that he'll let that go. <laughs> I don't know. He named him after himself for a reason. I'm just saying, you know, like there's there's a uh, I don't know. I mean, you got there's a there's a lineage there, I guess. I'll let you I'll let you have it tonight. There's some competition there too. <laughs> let me tell, let me tell you. You don't, if, if you don't have to ask Patrick anything. The only thing you need to know about him was when it was time for him to go up and get scholarships to play football, they showed they, they showed him some film of the quarterback getting hit, and he immediately decided he was going to play pro baseball. So that's all you need to know. That's, that's the it's that. He, he's not out there taking leaks. He's not that guy. No. You can't call him out. You called him out. Yes, absolutely. And he will not deny it. He will not deny it. He's not that guy. Tanisha, I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I, I got Linda's thoughts on how she sees this. She seems very comfortable and confident that the Chiefs are going to squeak out one uh, this week against the uh, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, you and I, like I said, we've talked off air, but I want to get your thoughts so that the, the audience can get your takeaway of the Chiefs season so far through 10 weeks, 11 weeks. How, how do you see this game playing out this week, and how uh, do you feel confident the Chiefs are going to run this one back? Yes. I, I do. I feel like it's going to be hard, and I feel like this in this game in particular, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to overtime. But I kid you not, I just know that they're going to dig it out. I just have that confidence that they are going to dig it out. I just won't physically see it. I won't, I won't be watching it when it happens, but I have the confidence that it's going to happen. For some reason, I just think that that team has been through a lot, and they know how to figure out a way to win. And once you get that confidence where you figure, like, I know at some point in time this is going to turn around and we're going to be the ones on the top, it's hard to beat that level of confidence. I've been playing sports my entire life, and once you get that person that really, truly believes they're the best one on the field, it's almost impossible to beat them when, that, when it's time to grind something out because they feel like they can't be beat. And, and I, when I see that in Tyreek, I see that in the younger guys, they believe. I mean, Kelsey got all that leadership. I mean, there's a lot of heart on that team, and I don't think anyone could deny that. After the comebacks that they've made, after the strides that they made over the course of last year, and even these, even this year, games with the Chargers, everything, they find a way, they figure it out, and I don't think that I don't think that the Bucks will be any different. I think they'll pull it out. I might be wrong, but my heart tells me that they're going to win this game. 
Yeah, it's gonna be a bad day. It's gonna be a bad day for somebody. I don't think it's gonna be the Chiefs. Well, since Patrick took over in 2018, the Chiefs are 31 and one in games where the the opponent scores 28 or fewer points. So for me, the Buccaneers are gonna have to score at least four to five touchdowns to even have a chance in this game. With the defense struggling, the Chiefs' defense struggling of late, uh, they've not played well against the Raiders in particular. Uh, do you see a trend where the Chiefs could bring those struggles into Tampa? And, and I'll start. I'll start back with you, Tanisha, and then Linda. I'd like to get your response as well. Do you see that trend continuing here in Tampa against a team that's also been struggling to score points consistently in Tampa Bay? Or do you think that the Chiefs put the clamps down, pressured Tom Brady and that shaky offensive line, and really forced the uh, the Buccaneers to play catch up with Patrick? What? What I think is going to happen is if the Chiefs gets the the Chiefs gets the ball the um, first, I think the Chiefs are going to score. I don't think there's going to be a game where the Chiefs are trailing behind or anything. If they get the ball first, they're going to score first. I think this is going to be a battle of you know it's going to be an offensive battle. I mean you got Antonio Brown, they got they got Mike Evans, they have Godwin, they you know they have they have Gronk, they have a team Ronald Jones Jr. who you know um, uh, Fournette, they've got they've got. As far as I'm concerned, they're about as stacked as you can get. Yep. But yep. that doesn't necessarily mean that it gels together at the right time. The same way the Chiefs have issues. I mean, we get Sammy back. And I don't, and I don't feel a believer when Sammy's in the game. He's a physical player. He's somebody that you can't slack on. He will burn you, and Sammy will mess around and get three touchdowns quick if you don't lock him down. And so that Sammy being on the field just allows it open for Tyreek and Kelsey, and I think that's the difference. We've been watching them play without Sammy because Sammy's been down, but when Sammy's back in the game, you cannot leave Sammy by himself. Sammy is too big and too strong and too fast, and he's and to me, the three of them together, it's just it's, it's, it's almost too much. That's, that's when I feel like they're the best. That when they're the best group is when Sammy's on the field with them, and he, and you have to check everybody. You now cannot. And and then when you're talking about C eight, and now you're talking about Lev Bell. Oh my goodness! I mean, I can't even imagine what Andy Reid is in there cooking up right now. I can't even imagine what we're gonna see tomorrow. I mean, I'm stoked. I don't know about everybody else, but I know that it's gonna be something unique, and it's gonna. And and, and, I, and I have 100 percent confidence that they're gonna pull it out. I really do. I, I mean, maybe it's cockiness, maybe it's whatever. And, and do not get me wrong, Brady is amazing. But something about when Brady is saying that, they bring out the best of each other. And I think we're going to get a treat on Sunday. What about you, Linda? I think we should talk about the offense. I think the defense is going to have Because I think the defense has been, they've been there. They, they know they haven't played at the highest level this week. And I think that's going to be the game that they're going to really, really show up. If the defense shows up, it's just getting that repeated. And they know you can't, you can't depend on your offense to do certain things, but they know what the responsibility is on them. You've got a lot of good players on defense on that team that have not made the noise that they've been making in the past. And they're ready to make the noise. And I know they've heard it from the media and other people's fans and all that. They're ready to make some noise, and that's going to be the game that they're going to do it. I, I'm just feeling defense. Yeah, a huge factor in this game. I'm, look, I'm looking for some turtles. And who's, who's better to make noise against than Tom Brady anyway? I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's who they always end up. It, it always ends up coming down to Brady and the Chiefs. So, I mean, if anybody's going to get those guys pumped up to get after them, it's going to be Brady. So, I'm expecting the defense to go out there and get it done. I mean, 
know, Tom Matthew always, you know, he comes to play like when, when he's playing. But I don't expect anything less on, on tomorrow. I expect Tyron, um, Tom Matthew, the, the leading guys out there, being the leader that he is, and he's going to get the guys up for that game. And I think it. I think it's at the end of the at the end of the, um at the end of the game, it's going to be Chiefs with, Chiefs with the W. I like it. I really believe that. Now, as far as I'm assuming, both of you have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like we all we've, we've been talking about. Now, on the NFC side of this, and I'll start with you, Linda. Who do you see? Who do you see the Chiefs taking on in the NFC? I, you know what? I, I that, that's a hard one. It, it really is a hard one. I, if I have to put money on it today, I'm going to say Green Bay. I like it. Yep, I'm going to say Green Bay because. I'm a Green Bay fan, and you, my, one of my good friends is a Green Bay fan. If I was to go downstairs right now, you see a New York Giants bowl, and you see a Green Bay Packers bowl. She bought those for my dog for uh, Christmas a couple of years ago. But she did give me respect to buy the Giants, but she bought a Packers I like Aaron Rodgers, who's a guy never come out. And I would love to see, that's a matchup I would love oh, to man. see. For anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I, I know that that would be, that would be awesome. I actually, the game that Chiefs, you're talking about the most talented quarterback uh, battle in, yeah. in the history of the Super Bowl. I mean, it, to me, before Patrick came into the league, uh, I always said that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play football. And then Patrick came in and he absolutely just took over. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the second greatest quarterback I've ever seen play fo- fo- football and throw a football outside of Patrick. So if you get that, I mean, you're almost spoiling uh, even the casual yeah. fan uh, with yeah. that type of talent at the quarterback position. So I'm I'm actually low-key oh rooting goodness. for that. I'd love uh, to see we, it. We, pick, we picked the uh, Seahawks originally the, during the season, and Russell Wilson versus I, Mahomes would be great. Yeah. But I think Rodgers yeah. and Mahomes would be something next level. The, the, yeah, Seahawks would be my second pick. I'm just – I don't know. Maybe Russell's got all out of out of his system, and you know they had a couple of bad games there. But watching them play, I mean, they can put up some numbers too. I just think Green Bay has that entire package, and that's that's why I have to go with Aaron. Yeah, so, Tanisha, I, I know that you know Linda is the one that you know gives you the play by play, but I feel it's a a responsibility of mine now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start texting you after games and saying, "Hey, Patrick's still the MVP." Does that sound good to you? Well, yes, I'm sure. The Shaggy Shane all the time. Like I, I'll call him up and hit him up. And poor guys at work, I'm just calling them all times in the morning and everything. I feel horrible. I know that's your buddy, but I'll call him up and I'm like, look, Shaggy, what's what's, what's going to happen next week? He's like, T, it's going to be 
It's okay, T. We're going to get him. Yeah, the history is such and such. So, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, he is he is the Chiefs oracle. Like, I, I always say, I've known, I've known Shane for about eight years now. And I tell you, when, when you ask him a question, like a 1993 Chiefs game in like week six, he'll tell you how they scored on this drive. He'll literally go into the trance. It's amazing. Like, he is the almanac. You said it perfectly. Our guy, Jackie Shane, there's no one like him. Uh, Clay Windler over Red Tribe. Those are These are OG guys. So, trust me when I say you, you found yourself uh, some great Chiefs fans to attach yourself to, especially Shaggy. He is the man. I'm telling you, he's my favorite human being. I'm telling game. him. Oh, he's a great guy. Great guy. And he'll, yeah. he'll tell me in a heartbeat, oh, yeah, the history says that we're going to win because so <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Shaggy. I'm good. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like the vote of confidence, all I needed. We're going to be okay. Yeah, right, we're we're right. good. So. Now, one last question yeah. for both you ladies. For the future superstar athletes that are listening to this show or watching this show right now, how can they reach you guys and how can they get attached to you guys and make this thing a full-time thing with you? Okay, let's go to Ed Sports, um, EdSportsMM.com. That's our EdSportsMM. Those are our handles on all social media. And you can reach us through there. Our numbers are there. Our contact is there. Email is there. That's the way to reach out to us. And it's one last thing that I would like to say. If you give me one minute. Um, the name Edge, um, and Tanisha knows this is near and dear to my heart. And I allow, I thank her for allowing me to use the name. Edge was my mom's maiden name. My mom was a big sportsman. So I just thought it was appropriate. And, you know, Edge, just the name and what it means. And then what it means to us. We're very close with my mom also. We're family. So yeah. I just put it out, put it out there. And we got mom working with us too, so nice. that's a great thing. Absolutely. Yep. Well, it, above it, and below, we're, yep. we're taken care of. For what it's yep. worth, for what it's worth, Edge. We're uh, absolutely we consider you guys family here as well at the Spoken Thank Podcast. Thank you. We consider you family too. We really, once again, we really appreciate you guys having us. It's an absolute blessing for you guys. Like I said, absolutely. So you're you're always welcome here. And anytime, anytime. Oh, just let us know. Oh, I'm yeah. a homebody. I'm always homebody. <laughs> I'm always checking you guys out anyhow. So. Absolutely. Kindred yeah. spirits here. Kindred spirits, ladies. Again, yeah. thank you so much, Tanisha Mahomes, Linda Dorsey. Thank you so much, Ed Sports Marketing Management guys. You need to hit them up. I'm telling you, they are the way of the future. They got what it takes to make this thing happen, and we really appreciate your time, ladies. You guys have yourself a great weekend, and I cannot wait to talk football with you guys again. Thank you. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. Well, guys, that was uh, Tanisha Mahomes and Linda Dorsey from Edge Sports Marketing and Management. They are, I'm telling you, they are on the rise. I, I, I mean, if you know the Mahomes family, you know that when they're driven, when they're motivated, they make things happen. And that's what's about to happen with Edge Sports. So I cannot wait to see what they do. And I am so glad and so lucky and so blessed to be attached to them. And uh, we, we're definitely going to be having them on the show. Uh, very frequently, but we're going to take a quick break because when we get back, man, we got some Chiefs football to talk amongst ourselves. Trev, man, I mean, I'm going to get his thoughts on the Raiders game, and then we're obviously going to talk about this Bucks preview. So these are some big back-to-back games for the Chiefs, and they pulled one out in uh, Las Vegas. Wasn't the statement I was hoping for, but nevertheless, they got the job done. We're going to re- we're going to uh, review that game and then preview the Bucks game. We'll get back to that. After we're building it bigger. We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We are now accepting callers for the defendant keychains. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. 
Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Johnny's Tavern off 119th Street Studios for us with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Miss Gat on the ones and twos. Man, I am so fired up. That, that was that was fun. That was an absolute was blast nice. talking to Linda Dorsey and Tanisha Mahomes. I mean, they weren't here, obviously. It was on Zoom, and that's something we're still getting used to when it comes to guests because when we started our show, we always had people in studio right. um, with the times, though, man. But it felt like they were here, and it felt like we could just we, – we, that, that, that segment could have went on for another hour. Yeah. Those ladies were great, and they were giving us incredible intel, incredible content. And uh, cannot wait to have them back on. Shit, man, I might, might be tempted to have at least one of them back on next week or something, man, because sure. they were great. And you guys need to definitely be following them at Edge Sports Marketing and Management. You can hit them up on Twitter, Facebook, hit up their website. I'm telling you, man, don't be shocked very soon when you start seeing some of these big-time star athletes signing on with Edge, man. It's it's a great story. I love the, I love the story about it, her mom, Linda's mom, and that was the oh, reason yeah. why she did that. There's always a story, There's you roots know? to it. That's yeah. what's nice about it, yeah. That man. was really cool. But yeah. getting back to the roots of all this, man, what we're doing here, we're talking some Chiefs football, man. And, you know, we had, Ooh. needless to say, uh, one hell of a blood pressure rising type of game yeah, out dang, Las you ain't Vegas. Lying, bro. That was a brutal one. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I don't want to make it sound like a negative thing, but I, I ain't going to lie. For the second time in a row against the Raiders, I came in here talking that shit. I came in here talking about the Chiefs needed to come in here and make a statement. They needed to roll the Raiders. They needed to go in there and show them how pissed off they were, how disrespected they felt. That's not exactly what happened, uh, as, as we talked a little bit when it came to the Chiefs' defense and the struggles that they've been having. I think it goes without saying that Derek Carr and, 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 and John Gruden and this offense as a whole, that Raiders offense as a whole, has figured out the Chiefs' defense, at least to this point. Um, and, and every season changes. You know, last year the Raiders couldn't score on the Chiefs like this. They score 40 in the first game and then 31 in the second game, averaging 36 a game against the Chiefs. That obviously has not been the history with Derek Carr at the helm. Yeah. Now there's a lot of, you know, things to consider. There was no fans in, in Week 5 at Arrowhead. And this time around, like I said, the Chiefs are still getting everybody back a little healthy. Right. The Chiefs have been struggling. They caught the they caught the Chiefs defense at the perfect time when they've not been playing their best football. Nevertheless, there is something about this matchup that we can no longer ignore. You said it earlier today, Trevor, when we were prepping for the show. The Raiders are not a bad team anymore. We gotta get used to we that. Gotta, yeah, we gotta admit it. It's it's sucks to admit it, man, but it's it's uh I think the rivalry is back right for right now at least. I mean, at least rivalry is as far as Every time we play them, it's going to be competitive. It's not like they're a rivalry as far as them being a contender, us being a contender, us meeting in the playoffs possibly. That might happen this year, maybe. But just us having nitty-gritty, you know, shit-talking, roughhouse-type games every time we play them. And we've always had, like, chatter amongst the players on the field when we've played them. But most of the time for the last decade plus, it's the Raiders being absolutely shitty and the Chiefs, or both of us being shitty at the same time. But it's nice having a, a legitimate contending-type team that's in our division trying to go for the, the division title so it's it's fun especially the fact that it's the Raiders makes it all the more interesting now we saw we saw the Chiefs defense obviously struggle in this game and they've been struggling like I said for, for the last weeks. couple of weeks yeah. uh, Panthers scored 31 and then they give up 31 right back at it again after two weeks of preparing for the Raiders which to yeah. me was the most frustrating part yeah coming off the buys you're, yeah you're talking yeah. about the Chiefs had all this time to game plan and get ready and I'm not saying that guarantees that you should go out there and you know allow nine points yeah the Raiders again like we just said are a respectable team they're good on offense they are they have maybe the best offensive line outside of the Colts 
we got to give them some respect. But at the same time, I mean, you have you have two guys on yeah. this defensive line, and Frank Clark and Chris Jones. They're making over a hundred million dollars each. Now, I try not to call them out too much because at the end you of the day, to. at the end of the day, it's the playoffs that matter, right? You have to, it's yeah. going to be that if they can if they can arise, I'm not going to make as much of a stink during the regular season. That's why we talk about Sammy Watkins, and we're going to talk about Sammy Watkins in a minute. But Chris Jones and Frank Clark were straight up on milk cartons in this game. I mean, they were non-existent. I, I, I felt like there was a severe lack of effort, especially on Chris Jones' end. And the only time you even heard Chris Jones' name is when he had those penalties that were costly for the Chiefs, extending a drive for the Raiders on a third down. I mean, there was a lot we're of frustration. The yeah, there was a lot of frustration. Tyron Matthew almost got ejected out of this game for doing something just completely out of out of his normal he character. Awful. He was terrible. Awful. He was missing reads. Darren Wall was wide open in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, there was just a lot of frustrating sequences in this game on the defensive side. Trevor, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Tanisha and Linda. Yeah. Do you see a trend continuing with the Chiefs' defense? Are they going to bounce back? Because they I mean, need to. It's without me. It's undeniably a trend. Uh, it's been multiple weeks now. We've seen this defense rely on playing a little soft defense as far as a soft zone or you know uh, play off a little bit, but maybe play a little bit of man with a spy, depending on who you're playing. But we played mostly soft zone. And we usually when you do that, you depend on getting pressure. The Chiefs aren't being aren't able to conjure up pressure. It's, I mean, I get it. And kudos to the the Raiders' offensive line. That's the biggest difference for the Raiders being an improved team is because they invested heavily in that offensive line. And that might be the best. Them and the Colts might be the best offensive line in football. So. Regardless, we we gotta we gotta find a way to get pressure. Like I, the, I was screaming during the game, you know, give us some some stunts, some twists, you know, mix up the blitz packages. Maybe switch to man blitz with a one high safety. You know, trust your trust your your DBs to make plays back there. Go man, you know, or or press them, press the guys. I mean, I, I didn't see us mix it up much much, and I do. I was expecting Spags to adjust a little bit, but I mean, when Carr's got. Five, four or five whole seconds. Oh, he's doing his taxes back he can, there. Yeah, he can go through his reads twice almost, you know. So, And, and even on that Witten play towards the end, that put him up in the, in the last minute there. Witten, I mean, this is, we got Passigno playing coverage on Jason Witten, and I get it. That play broke down, and Derek Carr made the throw. Wobbly or not, made the throw, got it there. But we've got to be better. We've got to be better. We've got to set the edges. Frank Clark was not setting the edge consistently at all. He was getting beat and beat by a pretty much a backup replacement player. Regardless, they they have great depth there, but still, forty plus million dollars investing those two guys up front. We're the only team that's paying two guys on our defensive line twenty plus million dollars. First and team ever to do that's that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's 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 unacceptable for them not to be mentioned in the game, not to even at least get good pressures or 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 sack. I mean, get a sack. It's been what, did we even get a sack last week before the Raiders? The Chiefs have seven so. sacks in the last six games, and three of them came in one game. Right. Or at least I wanted to see some, you know, some tie run blitzes or some corner blitzes. You know, put because you see every time what happens to Derek Carr when he gets shook, it gets in his head, especially gets the Chiefs. And no matter if it's on the road or if it's in Arrowhead, he gets rattled. He gets shook. So it, it was a bummer to see how our defense has played in consistent weeks, especially coming off the bye. You think that would be the main focus? I don't think anyone's worried about putting up points against the Raiders and trying to figure out how we can get up points against that defense. That was that was never the worry. The fact that we had two whole weeks to prepare for that that offense, which is a very vanilla offense. They, they, they get the run game going, which is a very good run game, and then they play the play action. Or they let Carr, you know, that offense line gives Carr time to make plays, and he was making plays, and he was statistically, you know, he threw an extra one more touchdown than Pat did. Pat had a great game, too, as far as yards and, and passing, but... 
Carr did his thing, man. And it's, I think any damn near any quarterback would succeed behind that O line. Um, so moving forward, we, we've got to find ways. Spags has got to get, find ways to get to get pressure if it's you know mixing up the blitz packages, trying something new. We need to see a little bit more aggression from our defensive end, defensive line in the front there. And before we get to the offensive side, because trust me, I have a lot of say. Oh, I got yeah, a yeah. lot to say about the offense, good and bad. Right. Um, there, there's a problem with special teams. This team is putrid special teams-wise. Now, Dave Tobe has been a coach that a lot of people around the league know to be one of the better special teams coaches. His, names are, his name has always been brought up when it comes to available co- head coaching availabilities. For some reason, he's not gotten the job. Well, I hate to break it. I think there's a reason why that is. Yeah. It's because of the fact that I think Dave Tobe is slipping. Now, he can turn it around because coaches, once they start to adjust or they catch their their stride, things start to change. Because Spagnuolo, for the first six weeks, six to eight weeks last season, was struggling really bad in his first season with the Chiefs. And then they turned it on and got hot, and no one ever criticized Spags again. But Dave Tobe has been consistently bad this year. And I don't, I don't want to put it all on him because the players have to execute at the end of the day. But there is something lacking. This team, it almost seems like every damn kickoff or punt return, there's a fucking uh, flag. Penalty, yeah, there's holding. Some, or, especially yeah. in big games. Like, last week was a big game. I know yeah. that's not something, again, we're not used to with the Raiders. Uh, absolutely, it was a But big it game. was a big yeah. game. And we saw, what, five penalties on special teams this week. That is simply unacceptable. Absol- yeah. These are the types of things that can cost you a game. And so... In my personal opinion, I think that it might be time for Dave Tobe to, to take a seat and to maybe walk away and the Chiefs get some fresh blood in the special teams. He's been here since Andy Reid took over in 2013. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Or do you think Dave Tobe's going to catch that stride? It's. I don't see. The Chiefs aren't the type to make some drastic mid-season coach move or staff. No, I mean, like, after this season. After the season. season. Okay. Yeah. I mean... As, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were pushing for Sutton to be gone for years. You know, and it took it took Sutton to have an all-time blunder as a coach or a, co- a coordinator. Yeah, back-to-back seasons yeah. for Reed to be like, okay. Yeah. You know, so I, honestly, I don't see it happening just from the trend and then the the, the, uh, the track record of Andy Reed and his guy, having his guys. I mean, as a fan and it, being an observant fan, it's, it's, it's noticeable, but I think a lot of times in-house that stuff gets brushed over. And it could just be some knucklehead play, players just – you know, being out of touch with the, uh, with the scheme and what they want, what Tobe wants to do, but it's it's becoming a weekly thing, and when it becomes a weekly thing, that falls in the coach. If there's a, if there's a blunder one game or here and there in spotty moments, it, that's understandable. You get a pass, but yeah, I mean, this has been this has been something that's been occurring all year, and you know, and it's and it sets us up in bad fieldage. You know, when we should be starting from the twenty five or the thirty, we're starting on the ten and the five at sometimes. So. I, I would be for it. I'm all I'm all about bringing in new voices and stuff because I think that that definitely can set fire to a locker room in a good way a lot of times. And we saw it with Spags. You know, obviously we won a Super Bowl when he when he made his presence. Obviously it started slow, but once guys fully bought into Spags' system, it got us to the promised land. So I think well, maybe I mean, when uh, maybe when John Harbaugh gets fired this offseason, oh, he can go back to his roots as the oh, special you know, teams coach for Andy Reid. I'm a diehard Harbaugh guy, so I love the Harbaugh guys. Um, I would be I'd be over the moon for that, but. I think I think one of the more replace, replaceable coordinators is the special teams. There's a lot of guys lined up. It's, you know how many hot you know hot commodity that job would be right. in Kansas City under right. Reed with the special teams with all the weapon and speedsters we got here. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not emotionally attached to the guy, so I mean, I'm all for moving on. If if, if that if anything that better's the team, I'm all for moving forward with that. Now so. on, the, on the offensive side of things, 
Um, hey, you're getting all three phases tonight, guys. Consider yourself lucky. You're getting a full-fledged spoken podcast episode right here. The game but was too close for comfort, man. The, the Chiefs' offense has been the best in the league this year by far. Uh, I think that, uh, that that's without question. There's been some really good offenses, Seahawks, uh, Packers. You, ha- you have some really good offenses in the league. Right. But the Chiefs have been by far, I think, the best, uh, most consistent. consistent. Average 32 points per game. Patrick Mahomes is without question the MVP at this current time, and I don't see him relinquishing that anytime soon. Right. And I think he's going to finish the season as the MVP. Having said that, and, and, and again, the Chiefs – Scored 35 points. They've scored over 30 points five straight games. You know, they've been balling out, man. They've been playing some incredible football offensively. But there is a real problem. This is where Sammy Watkins is going to play a factor, and I am so glad the Chiefs are finally getting it back at any level or any magnitude this week because it isn't that the Chiefs all of a sudden when they have Sammy Watkins out there, they're all of a sudden scoring a bunch of more points or that Patrick Mahomes is a significantly better quarterback. If you look at his numbers actually with or without Sammy Watkins, they're very similar. Um, and in fact, his uh, interceptions actually go up with Sammy Watkins on the field, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but... The biggest reason why I'm looking forward to Sammy Watkins being back isn't just because of Sammy Watkins. It's because of the fact that that means that Demarcus Robinson is getting less snaps. Now, Trevor, you know I've been very critical on D. Robin. I know you've been more of a defender of his. But I have a problem with Demarcus Robinson right now because this guy is a veteran on this team. I believe this is year six for Demarcus Robinson, five or six. And he is supposed to be one of the guys that Patrick Mahomes can trust to know the route trees, to know the concepts, to know the play calling. And it looks like oftentimes Marcus Robinson is one of the more lost guys on the field. You saw when he backpedals, and I hate that more than anything. I know Tyreek Hill does it because he's an insane that's, playmaker. Yeah, that's, so across, I, I, that's across the league. I, yeah, I overlook it with Tyreek Hill because he's extremely fast. He's an elite, deadly weapon. Yeah, he's good. But Marcus Robinson will try to do it and then gets a face mask, face mask penalty, sets the Chiefs back. That hurts their drive. That kills their drive. Yeah. Not to mention a third and 15 pass attempt that had cleared for a first down goes right through Demarcus's he hands. He did convert that fourth down though right well, okay fair enough my yeah. point though is is that demarcus robinson killed a drive before that and then yeah. you have the drive where patrick patrick Holmes throws his first or uh, second interception of the season second one to the raiders of course Demarcus Robinson ran the wrong route. He was supposed to take, come right back to where he started because Patrick Mahomes was throwing at his helmet. So when he backsteps, it's actually it's funny how he backpedals on the wrong plays yeah. but doesn't on the right plays. <laughs> it was going to go right to him, but he ran to the right, and the defender was right there to take the ball away. Those are that, That's 14 points on the board, in my opinion, because I think that the Chiefs would have scored touchdowns on both drives the way they were moving the ball. The Chiefs would have been up 28-14 to 14 going into the half with the ball coming back to them. They would have smoked the Raiders, in my opinion. Although the offense was incredibly efficient, they still scored 35. Yeah. The game was too close because of things like that. Special teams penalties. The defense is still lost as hell out there. But the offense, as great as they are and as much as they carry this team into victories of, of late... Demarcus Robinson is making mistakes that we cannot afford against teams that can legitimately take that lead once again late into the fourth quarter. So Sammy being back, yeah. I think, is going to sure those types of mistakes up because Sammy, although he does have his injury problems, what his his problem isn't is running routes precisely and his timing being down with Patrick Mahomes. They have that chemistry there. What are your thoughts on that, Trevor? Well, and I was curious to why we didn't. I mean, I know McCall didn't practice most of the entirety of the bye. I was just a little confused on why they weren't getting McCole a little more work. I mean, it's not like he doesn't know the players. I know he didn't practice, but, I mean, he was clear to play. He was on the sidelines, and he came in and made that 16-yard grab. I was curious to why we didn't implement his speed a little more into the game periodically. So I was confused why. why I mean, I, I do like McCole better than D-Rob. I think D-Rob's a better, at this point of their career, is a better true receiver. I still think McCole's learning a lot, and we'll get there, and we'll be much better at that point. 
Um, but as far as D-Rob, man, we, we, I think we all know who he is, what he is, and why he signed back and knew he wasn't going to go make a bunch of money somewhere else. Just because the league knows who he is. He's that – He's a from time to time a good possession receiver. Yeah. And he came up big in that fourth down, which we needed, which was the game-winning drive. He was the guy that converted that fourth down. And Mahomes trusted him to make that tough, risky throw, dump-off throw across the middle there in traffic. So, I mean, the trust is there. Um, it's just it's just DeMarcus, I think, has brain farts, especially in his route running. He's a good route runner. He's a very good athlete, but he has those moments where it's just miscommunication. It's not like we can't expect him to be Travis Kelsey and have that, that mind-reading ability with Patrick Mahomes that those two guys have. That's just something that's just rep after rep, day after day. But a simple route concept, right. he's got to know. That play, man, where the de- defender fell down and Pat still threw the pick, was it was rough on the eyes as far as being critical on Pat. Because I was initially initially critical on Pat because as a quarterback, I expected him to see that defender was down and he still threw to where DeMarcus was supposed to be, but DeMarcus wasn't in the place he was supposed to be. So I get both sides of it. But it was just, that, was a, that was a massive eyesore for just both aspects of the play. But, um, yeah, having Sammy back, obviously, is a, Sammy's a true – people forget. Sammy's a true number one wide receiver yes, with elite capabilities in this league. How funny is it, real quick, yeah. that of all the weapons that the Chiefs have, everyone talks about how you know Patrick Mahomes, all these top tier athlete, you know, athletic, gifted, talented receivers. Right. Sammy's the only one of the bunch that was a first round pick. Absolutely, and he was. I mean, the guy <laughs> outside was, of Edwards Alaire, obviously, he was elite coming into this league. I mean, the only, the only thing that's knocked, that's been a knock on him his whole career is injuries. Right. But when the guy is healthy, I mean, he was balling out of control in Buffalo with Terod Ter- Taylor. Balling. He had a big ass year. I mean, I know he, and, but after that big year, he kind of started having injuries, was never consistent, and still to this day isn't a consistent player on the, as far as availability. Um, but when he's out there, this this offense is just different with Sammy. It just is. We saw it in the postseason last year. He's a key cog to why we have success, and he's a reason why we, we did whatever we could to keep him around, and there's a reason why he knew he wanted to be around for more, you know, and taking less money where he could have went and made money more somewhere else. Um, I'm excited to have Sammy. I'm not sure how much he's going to play. I'm not sure if they're just going to throw him back into his normal role. I think we're going to see him rotated in a little more uh, with, with D-Rob. I'm hoping to see some more McColl, but, um, yeah, man, it's exciting to have Sammy back. And this is a good game to have him back. I really wanted him back last week. Um, but this taking advantage of, uh, of, this, of these semi-weak uh, DB core heading into this next matchup is important to have Sammy back. And, um I think I think it would be a noticeable difference with this offense with Sammy because it's just it's noticeably different. Well, yeah, and, and play, playoff Sammy is what I'm waiting for because Absolutely. you're talking about the Chiefs going from 26, 27 points a game last season. Yeah. They were averaging to 39 mm-hmm. points per game in the playoffs. He's a true number one receiver. I, I, I expect to see something similar to that yeah. in these postseason. But I want to get I don't get too far ahead because we have a big matchup uh, this week, at least to some, and I'm gonna get to the reason why in a second. It's a huge game. I want to believe that it's a huge okay, game. I, I, look. I don't want to make the same mistake I've made fans, in the past. Yes. And I don't want to make the same mistake I've made in the past when it came to Raider games because I thought coming into the season the Chiefs were just going to walk all over the Raiders once again, establish dominance. Chargers just walk too. That this. didn't happen either. And that didn't happen. Yeah. The Raiders are a, a real team, and, and they're probably going to make the playoffs because the rest of their schedule. Well, let me say this. Let me say yeah, this about the Raiders yeah. just real quick. And this pains me this, this, to say these words, but I, I, I'm starting to respect the Raiders a lot more and, and Coach Gruden a lot because – what did Gruden say when he first got there? He said his, his goal was to beat the Chiefs and to build a roster that can beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. We were a Super Bowl contending or a Super Bowl defending team, you know, and they came into our, our stadium this year, and they did they, they, they accomplished that goal. And they didn't beat us twice. They almost beat us twice, though. So I, I will give credit where it's due. 
Gruden is on his way to building a roster that's going to be competitive for this Chiefs team, and i got to give credit well, where it's here. And hopefully the Raiders will get rings for that Week 5 victory. <laughs> um, right. But moving to this Buccaneers game, look, on paper, yeah. this game is exciting. There's all the storylines, you know, the passing of the guard, you know, Tom Brady's handing finally the gauntlet possibly to Patrick Mahomes, which I think the gauntlet's been in Patrick Mahomes' backhand for two, three years now. Regardless, the, the storylines are there, and they're rich. You know, Tom Brady, could this be the last time they ever face? You know, could they face in the Super Bowl? And this would be an essential home game in the Super Bowl for the for the Buccaneers. Yeah. And would Patrick Mahomes be able to withstand that, you know, going against history? Because that's really what Patrick Mahomes is playing against now. Is this the passing now. of the torch? Pa- yeah, Pas- Patrick Mahomes, if we're being honest here, he's not just facing opponents on a weekly basis. Now, Patrick Mahomes is facing history. He's facing ghosts. Right. He's, facing myth- he's facing myths. That's, that's what he is now. And... This this type of matchup is what really brings all that to us on our front, you know, the front door basically to to our attention. And although I want to be excited, I am excited. I think this is going to be a fun game and things of that nature. In my opinion, although the Bucks have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, they have a, a really good head coach and a one of the, the the most successful quarterback of all time. The Chiefs are just such a better team. And I don't want to oversimplify this because this game could be close, but I'm not expecting it to be. And I know why, you know, people are thinking that's crazy for me to say, but, but look at it like this. The Buccaneers have a very talented defense, but what are the Bucs great at defensively? Blitzing. That is what Todd Bowles loves to do is blitz. Real quick for everybody that listens that maybe watches some Chiefs games. I know Tanisha doesn't watch. She just likes to know what happens afterwards. But even Tanisha would know this. Let's watch the box score. What is Patrick Mahomes the best at countering? The blitz. Can you all go back to week three against the Baltimore Ravens, who also happen to be a blitz-heavy defense? Can you guys remind me what Patrick Mahomes did to that defense? That's right. He threw four touchdowns and over 400 yards. He absolutely dismantled that defense once again. And that is one of the better defenses in the league. And that was on the road on Monday Night Football. This is the only afternoon, late afternoon game on the schedule this week on Sunday. Everybody's going to be watching this game. Lend us your eyes. This is a primetime game the Buccaneers are going to have to play again. Yep. And if we know anything about the Buccaneers on primetime and against legitimate competition, they struggle. Tom Brady has nine interceptions this season. Seven of them are against the Saints and Rams. The only two legitimate Super Bowl contending slash worthy teams that can stand in opposition of the Buccaneers outside of the Packers and Seahawks. And what's the what's also another similarity between those two teams? Those two teams are two of the best teams that are getting pressure on the quarterback. And what are the Chiefs supposed to be with our two with our defensive front? So this is a get right game exactly, for this defensive line, man. Exactly where I was going with this right. because of the fact that this is the type of game where the Chiefs can take the opportunity and say, look, against Rodney Hudson Please. and the guys in Oakland and in Las Vegas. You may not be able to get to I me. Mean, Derek Carr, 62 dropbacks, one sack. It's right. not inexcusable, well, yeah. but I'll let it slide knowing how great of an offense, uh, offensive line the Raiders have. Yeah. The Buccaneers do not have that great offensive line. They have names, but they've been banged up all year. They're banged up again this week. The Buccaneers struggle to protect Tom Brady. Here's a little fact and for you. And he's immobile. Here's another fact for you. Not just that he's 43 years old and he's immobile, like our guy Clay Windler likes to say, Tom Brady is old. No. <laughs> the, the Buccaneers are 7-4 and four this season. When Tom Brady gets sacked in a game this season, just one time, the Bucs the Bucks are 3-4. and four. Just sacked one time. They're 3-4. and four. They have a losing record. It's all takes. Okay? When Tom Brady is not sacked this season, the Buccaneers are 4-0. Wow. 
Not to mention this. Now, we're talking about this frustrating loss they just experienced against the Rams. And that was a frustrating loss because yeah. the Bucs had multiple opportunities to win that game. And Tom Brady straight up shit the bed in that yep. game. It was his. It was on him. Bruce Arians once again calls him out about his confusion. There's all this passive-aggressive bullshit going on between those two, which, yeah. by the way, I'm absolutely loving yep. because Bruce Arians is like 66, yet his quarterback's still older than him. But anyway, the fact remains that you're talking about a, 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 an offense that is has answered the call a lot of times. After a loss this season, the Buccaneers averaged 38 points a game. So they're going to come out. Make no mistake about it. They're going to bring it, man. They're going to bring it. My point, though, is this. It's not going to be enough. And I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect what the Bucks could potentially do. They are not going to be able to score enough yeah. to keep up with this Chiefs offense because again, the Bucks. The Bucks defense is good, but what they're good at is what the Chiefs welcome. They welcome blitz defenses because they know that man coverage is going to be out there. Right. And Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman are going to get theirs. If you notice when they face man coverages, McCole Hardman eats. The times he's the two times McCall Hartman has faced the Ram the Ravens, he's gotten almost a hundred point hundred yards per game and two touchdowns. Yeah, oh, yeah I expect is... something very similar, especially with the concussion that uh, one of their starting uh, I think Dean uh, yeah, Jamel Dean's Jamel out. Dean is out he's of out. this game. That's their fast corner that that covers the the deep ball. So Jamel Dean being out is is a big blow. I don't care what anybody says. They still have good corners, but they are very beatable because they play a lot of man. They, they play a lot of man blitz. If they go single high, they're fucked. I'm just being honest. Like, if they play a single high of safety, good luck stopping. I don't care if you're how good your blitzes are getting there or not. We can dink, Pat can even dink and dunk this defense to death if he wants to, because I know that's what Tom Brady's going to do. Um, but I, we are getting Martinez Rankin back, so that's a big plus for our big. offensive line. I think he is going to start. Steven Wisniewski's back. I don't know if he'll play, but he'll, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he might get rotated in. I hope so. Get His some pack, reps. I know, is still messing, messing this is a with tough him. T- yeah. This is a tough game to come fresh back from and, and just be thrown out there. So I don't know if I'd play him or not, but having Rankin back, a guy who's we've been missing, we needed that guy, a big body dude. Um, but, yeah, man, I think I think this is a McColl game. I haven't really called him a McColl game all year, but I think the fact that McColl was kind of just not really existent in the last game, didn't really get a shot. I think he's hungry as hell to come into this game. Um, and I know the, the, the overshadowing story with Sammy Watkins being back, I think that opens up a lot for, for McColl to move around, be moved around and be a, a, the ultimate chess piece moving into this game offensively. I think I think Tyreek Hill is going to be the focus, the focal point of that defense to stop and, and not let him over the top. I think we're going to see a lot of Tyreek being bracketed and then doubled just because of the, the tear he's been on lately. I know he's been nearly unstoppable, doubled or not. Pat's just been finding Ten him. Ten touchdowns on the season. Right. So, I mean, Kelsey's going to get his, and I think most defenses just accept that. Yeah. Uh, but letting Tyreek go off is a whole other thing. Well, I'll add to that real quick, yeah. and I'll, get, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, fun fact about this, I actually tweeted this out. Uh, through 69, yes, 69 career games. Nice. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill has more receiving touchdowns than Chris Carter, Larry Fitzgerald, um, let me see. Uh, Terrell Owens. Wow. Terrell Owens. And then there's one more. Uh, let me think about it. Oh, that's right. Randy Moss. Randy F. and Moss. We Bro. have ourselves a superstar wide receiver in Kansas City, guys. <laughs> he's, that's not even counting paired, rushing yeah, he's paired with and the best kick return slash punt return touchdowns. That's right. talking receiving touchdowns and through the first 69 games of their careers. He might be on pace for the most touchdowns racked. I mean, I know back in the 80s there was like running backs getting like 20 a year yeah. or something like that. Four but. of the top six receivers of all time in touchdowns, 
He has more touchdowns through this point of his career. But anyway, g- g- the deadliest keep weapon. On that, the deadliest I think, weapon. I think you're right about that. Just to, just to add to your point about Tyreek, I think they're going to try to take the top yeah. off and make sure that he doesn't try. get. But Travis Kelsey, you have to think about this. He's, He's 16 <laughs> yards behind DeAndre Hopkins to lead the league in yeah. receiving yards. I mean, you're talking about a guy that I don't. I even if even if the Buccaneers game plan to stop him this week, yeah. I still I still think he's getting eight eight catches for ninety seven yards and a touchdown. The craziest part about that is. DeAndre Hopkins might be the best receiver in the league. He's up there, you know, with the, with the likes of Tyreek and Devontae Adams, all those guys. You can lump that group in there, elite group. I mean, Travis Kelsey is not some young buck. We're talking; those are all young elite wide receivers in this league that are the number one target on all their offenses. I know and Kelsey's what thirty-one, tight end who's been in this league, didn't has been around. It's just crazy that a tight end is right up there. That's my guy, man. I, I have so much pride in that guy, what he's doing this year. I hope he continues. I expect another big game from him this week. I don't think those, that safety core is going to do anything to stop Kelsey. I think they're going to allow him to get his. The trend we've seen on the defensive side is something that I, I am very concerned about coming into this matchup, if I can be fair. Yeah. Because although I do think the Chiefs are going are gonna to establish dominance in this game, and I think they will win this game yep. rather comfortably, What the way I can see the Buccaneers – at least making this close and maybe even ultimately winning the game yeah. is this way. The way Spags has been pushing the defense back because he thinks the, f- the the front four can get to the quarterback, but when they're not, you see how open the middle of the field is. That is Tom Brady's bread and butter yeah. is the 5- to 10-yard range where he can just hit Antonio Brown or Mike Evans in the slant patterns. That is where I think he's going to want to eat. Yeah. So the, the Chiefs have to make sure that if they're going home, they got to get home. they got to get to Tom Brady, at least pressure him. I'm not saying they need to get seven sacks in this game. You, what you need to do is you need to get pressure on Brady. Make him make quick decisions. Get him, Make him uncomfortable in the pockets where he's got to scramble around and move around and make decisions he's not comfortable with yeah. where he can't step into his throws yeah. because you know Arians is going to make him throw downfield. Just get that one sack. By the way, yeah, he's the worst quarterback in football when it comes to throwing downfield. 0.0 pass rating. It's unbelievable, but yeah. the point remains, Bruce Arians is going to still convince himself that Tom Brady is a better quarterback than what he is at this point of his yeah. career and that his arm's somehow just going to transform back into a 25-year-old for some miraculous reason. Yeah. But the point is, is that this is the game. We talk about the get right section. The Chiefs are going to rush four in this game. I would like to see stunts, but I have a feeling they're going to have confidence that Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Naughty, and Mike Pinnell are going to get to yeah. uh, uh, Tom Brady in this game because of variance of reasons. And you have some. Go ahead. No, I'm going to say... I, as much as I would love to see us just be a sack nation game, I would love to see us go get, go get four, five, six sacks in this game. It would be great to do that, Tom Brady. I don't think that's going to be the goal. I think we're going to play a little. I think we're going to bring three or four guys each snap um, and play back because I think this is not only a get-right game for our defensive front and to get pressure, but pressure is all we really need to get. Just make Tom Brady uncomfortable because Tom, we know Tom Brady is not going to beat us over the top because he, he has beat no one over the top all year. This is a get-right game for us to make open field tackles because we are awful and continue to be awful at open field tackles. And if we're missing open field tackles against Tom Brady and these dink and dunks with these weapons that he has, these yak daddies that he has, the likes of Godwin, Mike Evans I'm not worried about until the red zone because Mike Evans is an over-glorified tight end at this point. That's what he only gets real. The only time you really need to worry about Mike Evans is between the when they get within the twenty. That's the only time you really need to worry about Mike Evans because Tom Brady's not going to hit him downfield in the middle right. of the field. Um, but Godwin, Antonio Brown, Hum or not Humphreys? Uh, 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 what's that other white guy? I forget his name. And in the, the two tight ends with you know Cameron Brate is it Cameron Brate's the tight end? Yeah, Cameron Brate and, and Gronk. The Dink and Dunk man, we got it because Tom Brady's going to find his guys in space. They're going to maneuver guys, especially I think Antonio Brown. This is kind of the game where you need to worry about him a little bit. Because when he has the ball in his hands, he's still crafty. He still can get the yak. <clears throat> so getting open field tackles, Dan Sorensen, our linebackers, 
anybody who's in coverage in the in the small and the short uh, under playing underneath offense, this is a get right game, man, because that's how Tom Brady thrives. If if we if we neutralize the short game, they're not going to beat us. They're not going to put up points against us. It's just not. It's not how they're going to have success against us. So. So how do you see this game going? <coughs> okay. Well, I will tell you right now. This is how I think this game is going to go. I, I, I don't. And again, I don't mean to downplay this because I know a lot of people are looking forward to this matchup. It's yeah. a historic feeling to it. You know, right. this is probably the last time Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are going to play. And if it isn't, it's going to be in the Super Bowl the next time. That's the only way it's going to happen. I, I think that the Chiefs are going to do right what they've done wrong for so long over the last couple of weeks where the Panthers you know, did what they wanted on offense. Mm-hmm. And then you see the Raiders do the exact same thing. I think that when this defense gets pushed, their, their backs are against the wall, like we mm-hmm. saw last season. They really started to put it all together. I think this is the perfect opportunity to do so. But they better because, like I said, you don't want to give Tom Brady life. Well, you've seen right. what the Rams did. The Rams early and often were hitting him, pressuring him, making him uncomfortable. That is that is the recipe of how you beat Tom Brady. Yep. Same thing with the Bears. That's how the Bears squeaked out a 20 to 19 victory. Yeah, that was ugly, a, uh, game. That was an ugly game. That's how they squeaked it out because they hit Brady early. Chris Jones and Frank Clark cannot be on milk cartons this week. Uh-huh. They have got to show yeah, up. They pressure. cannot be MIA. They right. got to be all up in Tom Brady this week. And if they do that, I don't think this game is going to be close because the Chiefs are going to score over 30 points. And unless the Buccaneers feel comfortable and Tom Brady feels comfortable early and often, they're not hanging with the Chiefs. So I think this is going to be a 10-plus point victory. I think that this is going to surprise a lot of people because they're expecting a very close game. Even our guests, Tanisha and Linda, thought this was going to be a very close game. I don't think it's going to be at the end of the yeah. day. I think that the Chiefs are going to establish dominance. There's a lingering fear of Tom Brady in this, in the, amongst fans still a lot, and it's just not to like downplay anyone's Intelligence of the game or anything like that. Anyone, I, mean, I just think that's lingering because of his track record and who he is and his success, his past success. Yep. But I think if you're if you're really critically watching this year and the past couple years, I know he won a Super Bowl recently, but it, in yeah, no way was it because in, in no way was it because of him. Yeah. Let's just be honest with ourselves. I like to be very critical. Of did how, D Ford get a ring on that one? By the way, he did not. He should have. Um, we asked his agent. Yeah, but no, you bring up the Rams game, and that was exactly what I was going to touch on because that is the formula. And I could see this be a game where Pat just goes out there and you're like, you know what? I know this has pretty much been the best rush defense all year, and it is. It, their, their defensive front against the run game is incredible. And what did the Rams do? They just threw the ball every down. I think Goff had 54 pass attempts. Yeah, and Cooper Cup and, and uh, Robert Woods both had well over 100 yards receiving and both had touchdowns. I mean, they ain't Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. This is what I'm saying. So, like I said, this is why I feel it's a McCole Hardman game because I think we're going to see a lot of quick, either either even you know direct snaps or in routes, something tricky to McCole use that speed because they were struggling with the speed of Cooper Cup, dude. They were struggling with the speed of 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 Robert Woods. You know, these guys are like you said, not the likes of the speed that we have, not even the speed of Travis Kelsey. So, I fully expect Pat to throw probably 50 plus times. but I think that, I think Pat's actually going to have a slaughter fest against this defense. I know people fear this defense, I fear this team just because of the the names that are on it. But I am not worried about this this those DBs and, and corners at all. Um, especially them being down a couple bodies. I think they're missing their left tackle too. Uh, I think he's out as well. Uh, they're starting left tackle. So I, I just get enough pressure on these guys, um, and and you know. Let our speedster weapons do what they do. Travis Kelsey's going to get his 6 to 10 catches a game. He's going to do what he's going to do. Um, so I'm with you. I think a double-digit lead, the double-digit victory sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, 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 just think, I just think we're 
plain and simple going to outpace them. I think the pace of our play is just going to be too much for them. I mean, they, they were they were struggling, you know, for until the game got way out of hand, they were struggling at times against the Raiders' pace sometimes. And that's a run-heavy offense. So with us, you know, snapping the ball and throwing it, you know, quick quick outs to our speedsters, I just don't – I think they're gonna, it's going to be a long day for that Bucks defense. Well, that's, uh, that's our thoughts on this game. And we'll give you our official predictions on Sunday, as we always do on our Spoken Podcast group on Facebook and on Twitter. So definitely give us a follow on there and join us on there, guys, and join the discussion. And speaking of the discussion, yeah, you had something? Yeah, do you think uh, Carrington's going to make any comments about Chris Jones this week? Or, uh... <laughs> you know, for CDOT's, uh, or as, as everyone's been calling him, Clown Dot, for his sake, I, I really hope he does it because Chris Jones is not only uh, a lot quicker on Twitter than CDOT is, but uh, he's a lot ready. bigger. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would hope for C dot his own health and his own wisdom. He doesn't do that ever again. And I know he tried to capitalize on it, but it only made it look worse. So we'll just leave it there. Uh, we have our good days and our bad days. We're gonna take a quick break because we gotta get to people that actually matter. It's the Monday mailbag, <laughs> and we're gonna get to you guys and let you guys basically take over this show for an entire segment. So I cannot wait. Our lady Gad is gonna be lopping up the assist for the alley oop on this one. I'm really excited to get your guys' thoughts on what you guys want to talk about. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. It is time for the Monday Mailbag that we like to do each and every week is give you guys the platform, the opportunity to basically just take over the show for an entire segment. Whatever you guys are burning on, your topics, your discussions, your debates, your statements, whatever you guys got for us, we open up the Monday Mailbag and we let you guys do what you do. So nevertheless, our lady Gat from the ones and twos is going to be so kind to take Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo's spot this week and get us the mailbag. So what's going on in the mailbag this week, Gat? I, I mean, I, like, even though I don't want to, I really got to start with Donnie Couch because <laughs> like, like, you have to, right? Like yeah. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo is only right. That's his boyfriend. It's only right. Between him and Billy, it's cool. It's but Donnie, a love triangle. Donnie it's a love has a really triangle. good statement today, and I think this is beautiful. Hey, guys, hope you're having a good Black Friday today, and I'm thankful I have the spoken. Look at that. Look at that. Did the the Chiefs sell out to stop the run too much, and since the D-line got pressure, or was the secondary having a bad night? I'm assuming he's referring to last week. Yeah, uh, I I would say it's a little bit of everything. I think that the Chiefs... What, this is the Trevor made a great point just this last segment about you know the Chiefs are predicated on the pass rush. They have to get to the quarterback in order for them to be at their best. And when they're not, you see the exposure at all levels of this defense. But when they are getting pressure on the quarterback, this defense can be relentless and ruthless and elite even at times. So. I think that there is a there is a, a mixture of things. I think this Chiefs defense has a lot of problems every single week, but a lot of times they get covered up once you're getting to the quarterback, and that's a that's a that's a that's a problem for all defenses in the league. When you see teams like the Rams, although they have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, they have their holes in their secondary, but it's because of guys like Aaron Donald and guys like that that get to the quarterback that makes all those things go away, and you almost forget about them entirely. The Chiefs have a lot of young corners. They have a lot of young guys. Rashad Fenton, Lord Jerry is Sneed. I mean, uh, uh, Shaveris Ward's still 24 years old. I mean, these guys are young. 
and they a lot of times get exposed but it's only because guys like Frank Clark and Chris Jones who are the most valuable players on this defense aren't doing their job and when they're not doing their job it looks like everyone else ain't doing their job either and so that's the problem and that's the issue that the Chiefs are having and if they can turn that around they are the most unstoppable force in the NFL they are the most unbeatable team in the NFL and if I'm if I'm being honest I wanted the Chiefs to sell out way more than they did against the run last week than they than I saw I feel like that's what should have been the whole game plan is because the Raiders are one of the most run-heavy offenses in this league, and they're very successful at it. They have, they have a good running back room. Uh, uh, I, I just don't – I don't know if it matters what we did against them because we were just getting absolutely owned by that O-line all night long. Absolutely. But I wanted to see more stunts. I wanted to see more twists. I wanted to see more overload on one side and blitz, and maybe you know, hopefully you guess the right side. Just, just to get some kind of – create some kind of pressure on Carr, and we got none of it. And we saw what happened when Carr knew he had to throw the ball towards the, at the end of the game. There, everyone knew he was going to throw. When you know Carr is going to throw, it's a bad, it's a good formula for our defense, but a bad formula for the for the Raiders' offense. Because depending on him to throw you in and win a game, knowing that you don't have to worry about the run, I just think we need to trust our DBs and our corners a little bit more, and really, really put a lot of pressure up front. Um, but like I said, that was a that's a, a great O line that we faced last week. So generating pressure against those that good of a and that big of an O line is difficult, but I wanted to see a lot more aggression, a lot more overloaded blitz, uh, some more man blitz, heavy man blitz, maybe some corner safety blitzes because Tyron's a great blitzer. Uh, uh, Traverius Ward has been showing to be a good blitzer and is one of our best open field tackles at this point, um, which is kind of embarrassing to say. Um, but no, I, I honestly, to answer your question, Donnie, I wanted to see way more selling out of the run game. Because if you stop the Raiders' run game and you make that offensive one-dimensional with Derek Carr at the helm throwing the football and being one-dimensional, that's, that's, that, that game would have turned out a whole lot differently in my mind. So I don't think we did it enough, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I love the man blitz, so I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just had to because it's not homoerotic enough with Eddie missing right now. <laughs> enough you guys have not well, gone weird enough for my case. Like, well, he's not here for me normally, to give him under the table handy yeah. anymore. I, it's just like normally he's the sex symbol of the smoking, so it's that's, fine. That's facts. He brings the steam. He brings uh, the steam. Absolutely. Well, sure. tonight, yeah. Shane was kind of like, Shaggy Shane was like the circle and like the center of conversation. I love it. That's a good uh, night. He's a great dude. He has an even better question. Says, would you say that Patrick Mahomes' greatness and ability to lead numerous scoring drives this year has covered up the Chiefs' defensive struggles and Harrison Bucker's bad season? I, well, the question was exactly what? Uh, would you say that Mahomes' greatness and ability to lead numerous scoring drives this year has covered up the Chiefs' oh. defensive struggles and Harrison Bucker's oh. bad season? Uh, Duncan was on the show uh, two weeks ago. And, and from Tailgate Podcast, he said it perfectly that he is, Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate salve. Like, he, he covers up so many things. He takes care of so many things across the board. That's why he is the most valuable player in this league. It isn't just because of his statistics. It isn't just because of his consistent production and historic production, albeit. It's not just those things. It's the fact that you see games like the Raiders game. And if the Chiefs still had a quarterback like Alex Smith, they'd lose that game 100 times out of 100 times. But because of Patrick Mahomes and how he can extend plays and improv and do things with his body and twist and turn and throw at different angles, three quarters, two quarters, doesn't matter. Those are the things that separate him from the rest of the pack. And that is why you can't replace a guy like Patrick Mahomes. We have never seen anybody like him before. Not Aaron Rodgers, especially Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron is the, Aaron Rodgers is maybe the only quarterback in the history of the NFL that can match Patrick Mahomes or at least get close to him in talent. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers in big games and when he's trailing, him and Patrick Mahomes couldn't be any more different. 
And they go the opposite way. Patrick Mahomes rises to the occasion, and more times than not, Aaron doesn't. Some of that might not be Aaron's fault. It doesn't matter. The fact is the numbers are there, and it shows And it shows that Patrick Mahomes is not just great all the time. He's great when it matters the most. And this defense has let him down more times than they have not let him down, especially in 2018. I mean, in, in, in Patrick Mahomes' eight career losses, the Chiefs defense gives up 37 points a game. That's not good. The, the Chiefs in those eight losses averaged 36 points a game on offense. So they're losing by one point a game in his entire career on average while averaging over 36 points per game, which would be second all time if they averaged that for a full season for an an offense to ever score in a season. So Patrick Mahomes, even in in their losses, is transcendently great. So it doesn't matter how bad your defense is. You put him on the Bengals right now, that's a playoff team. That's how great he is. That's just his greatness, but you still have to give him the support because if you don't, you're going to have 2018 AFC championships all the time. You're going to basically be the new Bills where you go to four straight Super Bowls and just fall short every single time because you didn't build enough around your great quarterback. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a gift and a curse. It's a it's a catch twenty two. It's the ultimate catch twenty two in football because you're very blessed and happy that you have the best quarterback, the best player at the most important position in the game. You're happy to have that and the guy that can bail you out, but at the same time you don't want to have to depend on that to be bailed out every time because it's not fair to him. It's not fair to him, quite frankly, and it's and it's stressful to him. And uh, that's just added pressure he doesn't need because he's already got to worry about the you know defeating the opposing defenses and the, you know the, so uh, it's not and, a winning recipe. That, but and that can also create a, a dependency on the defense too. They feel like oh you know what not too much pressure on me if I screw up I know pass and go out there and save us. Not saying that that's the that's the attitude in the locker room the defense, but it can unknowingly de- you can unknowingly develop that you know it's just like living with someone who's really wealthy and they take care of all your needs. It, you depend. You, you find that dependency, even though you don't really know that you're doing that. It's a fallback. You know, it's a safety net that they have, and it's it can develop. You know, laziness and guys taking plays off. I'm not saying that's what's happening, wow. but it could definitely become. I'm no, just, that sounds like my dating life. So I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. You have a lot of money it, on this. It's nice. Cool. Yeah, it's nice having Pat, but um, <laughs> I really like that comparison. Though. That's solid. Yeah, it's a, I feel like there's there's a lot of dependency on his. The, the, the value that Pat brings every week, uh, and I don't want to see it anymore. I want I want Pat to sometimes you know rely on the defense. We've had a couple games this season where our defense is absolutely balled out. Pat didn't. I mean Denver for for an example. Pat didn't have to really. Pat could have not played that game. We probably would have won still. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Pat's 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 greatness obviously is the reason we're eight and one or nine and one now. So I mean it's. And like I said, if your defense holds the, the opposition to 28 points or less, that's all you need. You win 98 percent of the time, right? Like literally 98 percent of the time. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing because I think that we've all seen what the Raiders have done by investing in their O line by doing that. Johnny brings up a great question: Should the Chiefs invest in the trenches this draft that the Raiders have with their O line? This is yes. This is what I said. I said it jokingly, but seriously at the same time. It, this 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 next d- draft, the Chiefs need to draft offensive line early and often. I I know they're going to get another wide receiver. I know that tight end is becoming a, a an, is, an issue because yeah. outside of Travis Kelsey, this team drops off the cliff. As tight get end. another linebacker. The defensive yeah. line needs to get a little bit better. Obviously, they're cornerback. You can name other spots and other places of need. How many times have I said this on the show? Patrick Mahomes is not just a great player that you paid half a billion dollars to. Right. He is a long-term investment. You don't want him to be hobbled at 30, 31 years old. 
You I want mean, him to be as healthy as possible so he can play the next 15 years at the top of his game. How do you do that? Yes, weapons are important, but you got to protect the man. He can't be out there getting hit 67, 80 times a year. No, yeah, that just the, can't happen. The investment hierarchy goes as so. It goes quarterback. Offensive line, weapons, and then you find, you piece together your defenses, which I think is a winning, winning formula. Obviously, we did it last year. We brought guys in. I mean, we, and free agents are going to want to come to Kansas City just because of Patrick Mahomes. But again, yeah. that all circle, it's, it's circular. You gotta protect because you got to keep him healthy. Right. People are going to come to Kansas City because they know they can play with him. But if they know he's not available because he's out there just getting banged around, he's they're not going to want to come here as quickly or as for a cheaper price. Yep. You got to protect him. Offensive line has got to be, and I said that it's got to be the number one objective in this offseason. Whether it's signing like the next Mitchell Schwartz out there in free agency or drafting the top tier guy out of Michigan. Yeah. Wherever they're coming from, that is what you got to do. You got to aim to protect this man, give him time. Because if he had time like Derek Carr in the pocket, yeah. could you imagine what Patrick Holmes could do? I mean, that's what I'm saying. You've seen him out there fair. running around. He loves playing like that. But imagine him having a clean pocket for three and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, I can't imagine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What's like, that like? What would that be like? Yeah. And to the defense, you know, they, they lost LDT in the offseason. Lucas Niang, who they did draft right. early, he opted who I'm out excited because, of COVID, for next year. because of his injuries. Right. You know, they lost. Yeah, they lost guys. So I'm not. I'm going to sit here and say that they, they haven't tried. I know they have, and they've had to overcome a lot of stuff. Yeah. But now you have to ensure that you're going to have that next season without question because there are going to be changes every single year. NFL teams, it's a rotating door for a lot of positions. For sure. Go and get those staples. I'm not saying you can just go and recreate the 2003 Chiefs offensive line, but you better fucking try. That's what I'm asking for. Go out there and try to get the wheel shields and the wheel Willie Rofes and the Casey Wigmans. Go out there and try to get those guys. They don't make guys. them like that anymore. That's you true. And like, like, they manufacture of a person. You know? yeah, like you said, take chances on, on, on investments of O-line guys because yep. yes. other Talent players on both sides, defense and offense, are going to want to come play here. That's just how it is. That, yeah, that precedent is already set. We've already seen it with Le'Veon Bell. Very excited to be here. Already scored, he scored his touchdown last week, which I was didn't even mention in the game review because I called a, a Le'Veon Bell game last week. I didn't, I didn't really get it. I wanted more from him. I wanted to see a, a bigger load for him. But it's he, got, he, got his, he got his score. He's acclimated into the offense. I'm, I'm, it was just good to see. So I just want to throw that in there. I love it. My guy scored. No, uh, we got one last football question from Billy Hodge. We got some Thanksgiving questions after this, which I'm like a those. huge fan of. We didn't give up 100 yards rushing, but it felt like the D just couldn't do anything. Yeah. My question is, do we blame uh, play calling or the execution? It just seemed like we shouldn't have been – we should have been more prepared for the game and we couldn't touch the quarterback. 100% agree. I mean, you're talking about, again – let me reemphasize, the Chiefs, Andy Reid is the greatest coach in the history of the NFL after a bye week. So the, the result was there. The Chiefs got the win, but there is context to it. The Chiefs had two freaking weeks to prepare for this vanilla offense from the Raiders, and they still put up over 30 points against the Chiefs, and it looked easy at times. No, they did not rush for 100 yards, but the reason it felt like they did is because when they ran the ball, which wasn't much in this game, surprisingly, I don't know why the Raiders went away from it, but they, every time ran the ball, were getting over five and a half yards of carry. Yep. So it felt like they were running on against us because they were. It was working. Every And it wasn't even Josh Jacobs half the time. He was banged up. So they were just throwing second and third string guys out there, and it was like the 90s Broncos. Booker, it just, yeah. Whenever they ran the ball, it, it worked. So I don't get it. I, and they could have ran for 150 yards if they wanted to against this defense. But the reasons, they wanted Derek Carr to look like an MVP or whatever. Maybe maybe uh, uh, his brother was up there making the calls from the booth or something. I have no fucking clue. David Carr, he's up there trying to or whatever. But 
the point is, is that the defense has got to sure themselves up. I don't know how they're going to do it. I have no idea. I'm not the expert here. All I do know is that they do not fix that rush defense. You're going to see a Derrick Henry or somebody like that in the playoffs run all over this defense. Do I expect that to happen? No, because I have the faith that this defense is going to shirt up. They're going to clamp down. You're going to see this defense go from, you know, Derrick Henry going over there and killing the Ravens in a playoff game to going and rushing for 71 yards or 69 yards, whatever it was, against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. That's what this defense is ultimately going to do. But in this moment, it's very frustrating because you know this defense can play better. You know they have played better. How they're going to get there, that's up to them. They're the ones that are making millions to do it. We're just sitting here doing the reactions of it. Yeah, it's hard to pick and choose who deserves more of the blame. Um, if I'm being honest, I was not impressed with either. I wasn't impressed with the players' mentality out there. I didn't see enough aggression and anger. Uh, and uh, the defensive scheme was not good as far as the defensive front goes. We, were, we weren't moving guys around. I want to see... I want to see us do take more risk on the defense. I want to see put put Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark on one side together. Freak that offensive line out. Make them guess. It was like the same set every snap almost. We didn't move guys around. Yeah. You know, we didn't get, you know, it just we didn't use the, the, the length of Tano passing over very much, you know, jumping up, maybe possibly batting down balls. We weren't really it felt like we were just out there to like act like we were gonna get pressure, but never really trying to make a play. It was very frustrating. But at the same time, like we've discussed already on the show, that's maybe possibly the best offensive line in the NFL. So I'm not upset about us maybe not getting a sack, but we weren't getting getting past them. We weren't getting past them at all. So I think the blame is, is a 50-50 there because the player's got to go out there and execute. Point blank is even if the game plan is, is shitty, even if the game plan is shitty, grab your nutsack, get out there and make a play. Sell out and make a play. But we, we didn't get one. We didn't get one play. So... That was very frustrating. I'm going to put more of the blame on the players if I had to choose. Uh, the game plan was is still pretty awful, though. We gotta we gotta adjust. We gotta move forward, and I think we'll have more success this week and in uh, this next game. I agree. So uh, we gotta talk about what's your guys' favorite dish on Thanksgiving from Donnie Couch. I have to go with deep dish mac and cheese. Ooh, man, Donnie's got some good taste. Some deep dish baked mac and cheese. You know what? I'm gonna have to say because I'm I'm a I'm a sicko. I mix, like, all my food together a lot of times, and I'll just put gravy on it. So anything under the gravy that tastes halfway decent, like, Trev looked it up this year, man. He had this ham killing it. Uh, he made the mac and cheese this year. He had, like, a, okay. garlic, he had like a garlic butter what? macaroni and cheese. It was all phenomenal. Right, Chef, I had Chef. a fat-ass plate of it today. Like, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah, so well oh, done yeah. to my brother Trev. Chef, Chef Trev in the house. Um, I, I would say, honestly, I, I, if I had to choose one particular thing, I think it's stuffing. Yeah, I love some good Damn. stuffing, man. All right, I would say yes, absolutely stuffing. I could knock out. So some stuffing stuff. or dressing? Stuffing. Dressing. Dressing is like there's what, a like, difference. Yeah, there's you have like oyster. Difference. I think you put. I love. It I love oysters. Yeah. 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 yeah, that shit's fire. Oh, um, yeah. man, that's hard for me to choose too because I'm such a foodie. I love it all. Um, outside of cranberry sauce, that shit's disgusting. I have no idea why that's even allowed. Are we including desserts? Huh? Are we including desserts that's on this? Thanksgiving food. All right, we gotta segment this. Hold on. So, okay, stuffing real quick. Not to take trouble. Right? No, you're good. You're good. I'm stuffing on my on my plate, right? And then and then following that up, apple pie with ice cream, bro. Damn. Okay. Apple pie with ice no cream. No pumpkin. No pecan. No, no, I'll, I'll tear up some pumpkin. But if I had to choose one pie, it is apple pie. Nothing better than biting into a crispy apple and that gooey flavor. Oh my! It's just nothing better than that, man. Like I have to take my pants off just to get prepared for it. Yeah. Maybe have some Keith Sweat playing in the background. It doesn't matter, man. Maybe sprawl out, listen to Sting, you know, on your sheets. Cream. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my favorite meal as far as part of the food. I'm a greens guy. I love which I didn't even make greens this this year. 
but like some Brussels sprouts and greens with some bacon mixed in with some of the stuffing. Boy, that's that's. I mean, I'll put that. I'll wrap that in a tortilla and freaking eat it. Um, so that's probably as far as like. Cast right here. Yeah, so as far as food, yeah, but baked macaroni is a close second as far yeah, as the food goes. You don't get a lot of carbs, do you? Well, Thanksgiving, I definitely do. <laughs> I take, I take all um, the carbs. And speaking of carbs, yeah. you didn't even speaking of carbs, you didn't even mention which is gonna be my favorite right now. What I'm gonna say is my pancakes that I made in the morning. I make every year. Every year I make these pumpkin spice pancakes. I saw them and I was they, like, I was kind of pissed that I wasn't invited to the pancake breakfast. And I, I get it. It's dude, cool. Not only do I make the pancakes, I I, I, I candy my own uh, uh, pecans. Yeah. Please, I, yeah. Swipe right. I take my time. I make Please a little. Swipe right. Swipe I make right. a little love in there. So yeah. What, my, what are you doing over there? Is that Ooh, a double yeah, twist yeah. motion? Oh no, it's not. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of questions, but uh, for the live stream, folks, you just saw. You podcasters yeah. left out on that one. Yeah, yeah. Man. No, I yeah. was just going to say green bean casserole, but all right, man. Yeah, like, yeah. so if you saw my pancakes on social you, media. You do you. you. Them shits. <laughs> no, I was, I was stirring. I was not. I was not. No. Those pancakes were like. I was not churning the butter. They were so freaking thick. They were like. like thick and moist. Thick, thick and moist. Was, yes, wow. So we not only did the hand motion, we also said moist. That's yes. Great. Thick and moist. It's thick and two moist. of the best combinations so, in life. Can you talk about your guys' least favorite dish, maybe? And then that'll be less oh, no sexual? Uh, cranberry, cranberry sauce. Yeah. I hate cranberry what, sauce. What's with you guys and cranberries? Just hate them? No, I love cranberries. I just, cranberry sauce. Yeah. The, like, when it comes out of the jar, and it has, like, the form of the jar. And, like, I don't know if it was, like, we were forced to I'm eat not them. a fruit guy, I, first off, so. Beets. I hate the beets. And they always, like, the radishes. It's like the radishes they put in the, in, like, the water, and it gets all, like, purpley and stuff. Yeah. Gross. Pecan Gross. pie is my favorite dessert, I'm going to say. And it's my least. I don't know if I have a least. Yeah, I mean, maybe I maybe, like pecan. The, maybe the cranberry sauce is my least. But outside of that, I eat everything. Yeah, stay away from beets. Like, beets just seem gross. Why, why are we? Why is that Remember even in this conversation? Doug, the band Beets? Beets are really good for you, though, so... Yeah. Guys, if you're dealing, yeah, if you, guys, if you're dealing with blood flow... I can go get antioxidants. If you're dealing with blood flow... Avocado. Yeah. Blood flow issues. Blueberries. Blueberries. <laughs> Pass on the beach. That's that's all we got for the Monday mailbag though. It's hey, a light week. It's holiday week. Holiday special. Get a half day. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's in their food commas right now, so I get it. Hey, everybody though, if uh, you're new to the show, I know we've had a we've had a lot of new guests or a lot of new people in the group. We've had new viewers, uh, new listeners. Man, hey. Join in. Seriously, man. I, I met a guy on the uh, at a store the other day. He was a Patriots fan. Chalked it up a little bit. Joined the group and everything. Get in here, man. You know, join allowed. in with us. Whatever you guys have. Yeah, we'll accept all, all types, even the people that have to deal with Bill Belichick as our head coach. We love our haters. The Bengals uh, camp, which is I, I, I still can't understand Absolutely. that one for the life of me. But regardless... Thank you so much, guys, for being in the mailbag. Hit us up next Monday as well, the Monday after that. In the meantime, we have one more order of business to attend to. Guys, what's it called again? Hold this now. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J style. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. It 
It is time to hold this L. What we like to do each and every week is hand out some friendly or not some friendly L's in the world of sports, regardless if they're friendly or unfriendly. I promise you, whoever is holding them this week is very much deserving. Trevor Twidwell, who is holding the L for you this week, my man? All right, man. Me as a fan of the art of the the art of the the art of the sport of boxing, <laughs> if I can get it out correctly, if I don't get my tongue tied here. Um, I love the sport. I love mixed martial arts. I love hand-to-hand combat sports in general. Um, one of my all-time favorite athletes of all time, Iron Mike Tyson, is fighting also one of my favorite boxers of all time, period, Roy Jones Jr., who I think is going to win at me. Um, this fight was exciting for a lot of fans of the sport and just the lure of these two guys in general, you know, two legends going head-to-head was exciting to begin with. But then... <laughs> But then you look at the card and you see the rules and how everything's being broken down. Joke. The rules came out, what, I think a couple days ago on what the actual official rules are going to be and the, the, the outline of how everything is going to work. Let me, just, let me just start naming it off the list here. Eight two-minute rounds. Two-minute rounds. That above, I think that's the official rounds. I, don't, I think there's, yeah, there's just eight with two minutes, which is nothing. I mean, I know these guys are ancient. That's rule number one. They gave him bigger gloves, bigger padded gloves, 12-ounce gloves, I believe. Um, no head guards, which is fine. No knockouts. So, I, I, honestly, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like, so, Mike Tyson, if, if Mike out? Tyson catches Roy Jones with a hefty right and his uh, ass is knocked uppercut? out, is yeah. that not a knockout? Well, let me tell you why. what that actually means. That's because there's no score. There's no un, there's no scores are unofficial. What does that mean? There's not going to be an actual winner. Yeah. There's no winner it's an to this fight. fight that means nothing. You now. can't bet on this fight. Literally all the fun yeah. that could come from this fight, they took out of it. This there's is, no real. This is rigged as the Mayweather. There's no fight. judges. Yeah. There's it's no real official judges. So it's a dance with gloves. They've been hyping up this fight. They're going to make a shit ton of money on this fight, regardless. But it's a fight that's never going to exist in it's reality. Not a fight. It's not real. This is like some fantasy tutorial fulfillment for some strange <laughs> person that is one of maybe I don't know. I don't know if this is something that Mike Tyson wanted to put into place or that both of these old men wanted to put in place just to save their pride so that no one actually lost. I mean, we're giving participation trophies right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. These two guys agreed to duel out a fight that they're both going to win. It or makes no lose. sense. Yeah, or not dude. Lose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. It's honestly to anyone who's who loves the sport and likes competitive sports in general, or competition in general. Anybody, any gamblers out there, just wanted to gamble on this for the fuck of it, for the fun of it. Which I probably would have done. I was probably gonna put some money down on Roy Jones because I think the overwhelming favorite's been. Uh, I don't even know how there's a favorite, anyways, because there, there's no one's gonna win. So it's like it's like going into well, a football. They're not allowing betting. They're not allowing betting. It's like going into a football game where scoring's not allowed. Yeah, they're not even allowing betting. That's <laughs> how much of a joke this is. Knowing that it's going to be a draw, it makes no sense. Vegas it's, doesn't even want to have any action. No, no, because the, there's no action. They to can't. Have. Yeah, they're yeah, not allowing exactly. bets. It's an ex- exhibition. So I. Yeah. It literally everything. The, the whole purpose has been defeated. I don't understand. Is it just going to be cool to watch these guys throw f- blows at each other? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, we're probably going to watch it this weekend. We're probably going to chip in and watch it. I'm actually more interested in the Nate Robinson fight at this point. Yeah, that's um, bad. Go yeah, the YouTuber Jake Paul. Man. Yeah, man. So I um, 2020, very I disappointing as a fan of the sport. 
Very disappointing as a, uh, a fan of competition and these two legends going at it. Hopefully, after this fight, I'm sure this is going to start a trend of some old heads coming out to, to box. I know uh, they're talking about Lennox Lewis and uh, uh, um, um, Holyfield, guys coming out of retirement, way out of retirement. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this, there's going to be another, a couple of another one of these coming out. So hopefully the rules aren't the same. Um, I, I mean, I know there's, these old guys are risking death out here, but there's got to be a winner. It makes no sense. So whoever conjured up these rules is going to have to do me a favor and hold, hold this, this L. Because that's, yeah, I mean, it was exciting when they first announced it, but that's well, it's a bummer, man. The, what I'm attacking you actually can bet on, and I would highly recommend that you do. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and lean into this one. I was oh very confident about this going into last season. Oh, shit. And I was 100% right, and I'm going to be 125% right this time. <laughs> not possible. Or I should, just say, I should say 105 in particular. The five is a, the number that uh, of rings that one man is going to be getting uh, this next year, that one being LeBron James, because the Lakers somehow won the NBA championship and then turned around and got themselves a completely, mm. and I mean completely better roster. Already going there, around huh? LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> the NBA is fucked. I said before the championship this year that the Lakers are going to three-peat. That is 100% going to happen. And the only way they can three-peat is if they win this year. Everyone else might as well just back it in. The Lakers are going to win the championship again in 2021. This team is too damn good. They have two of the five best players in the NF- NBA, maybe even two of the three best players in the NBA. Yep. Montrose Harrell. Montrose Harrell, a six-man of the year, along with uh, They got both six-men of the year. the runner-up yeah. six-man of the year, both in their primes. You get Wesley Matthews. You had you had. They're not done, by the way. They're going to get mid-level exception guys. You get Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. The point though is, is the Lakers just absolutely dominated this offseason after just dominating the bubble. They're going to repeat and they're going to win in 2022 before LeBron retires, whenever that happens. But the point is, LeBron is about to get his sixth championship by the time he's done. And ironically, it'll be when he gets to his 12th finals, which will be double the amount of MJ, not just in matching championships, but going to finals appearances. Can't right. wait to talk to Gad about that one. Maybe we'll have Darren Smith on. Haven't decided yet. Hey, but regardless, the NBA for the 2021 season going to have to do me a favor and hold this L, baby. God damn, it was a fun show. It was a fast show, too. We got done in like, yeah. it's like an hour 45 and some change. Like We had Tanisha Mahomes. Yeah, something, you know, round That's fast for us. We had Tanisha Mahomes. We yeah. had Linda Dorsey from Edge Sports Management and Marketing. Marketing and Management. Guys, this was a fun show, man. I cannot wait to have them back on. I hope you guys enjoyed this. It is going to be a great weekend. I cannot wait to talk about the Chiefs beating Woo. Tom Brady and yeah, the Tampa man. Bay Buccaneers Sunday afternoon. You guys better get your asses in front of that couch. We know we're going to be there. We're going to watch Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. do their little dance with the gloves. Yep. Choreographed, maybe not choreographed, maybe Michael Bolton will make an appearance. I think they said they're going to play. Song in the middle of the fucking I think dance. they're playing rock, paper, scissors now. I think they downgraded Tell to rock. Me yeah. I mean, it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad, and we're going to be there for it. We're watching year it. has been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Let's just enjoy this nightmare as long as it lasts. We've got like a, what, six weeks left. Let's fucking go out in a blaze of glory. In the meantime, Chiefs are 9-1, and one, about to be 10-1 and one after this week. Hope you guys are ready. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Live streamers, YouTubers, and podcasters, we love you. We thank you guys so much. For Tanisha Mahomes, Linda Dorsey, Edge Sports Management Marketing, Trevor Twidwell, Gat, Eddie in El Paso, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Monday Mailbag, I'm Lance Twidwell. Episode 92 is out. We out of this bitch. See you guys next time. Thank you, Johnny Stavern. Later.
We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.